0: you remember when Doc Holliday said, I'll be your Huckleberry in the movie Tombstone? Do you know that that phrase means to be just the right person for a given job? And I feel like that's what the Lord did. And I feel like that's what God did when he gave us our husbands. They are the right person for the job. Let's talk about men today on Love, Honor, Obey. Ladies, I'm Carrie, a child of God, a wife and empty nester of 28 years to my rugged mister. We have two handsome and tall tattooed sons, two beautiful daughter-in-laws and a fantastic grandson. Our marriage almost fell apart about 5 years ago due to my BS that's before submission ways. I prayed loudly for God to change him, but I was the one that needed changing. I was mentored, and our marriage is now solid, restored, and incredible. It's now my passion to help women not stay in their own BS and understand living life as a godly, submissive wife is amazing. Men need our respect. And we show them our respect by submitting to them and honoring them. When we submit and honor to our husbands, they feel that we respect them. And it's the perfect forward motion in our marriages. And men like to feel like a man. They want their wife to see them as a guy. And their masculinity is very important to them. You know, if I wrote down a list of words to describe my mister, I would write rugged, strong, smart. Masculine, big hero. Hairy, muscles, fixer. A gatherer, hunter, provider. And you may be listening to that. Listen, you could add your own things on when you think about your husband. Maybe you would wor- add words like uh, kind, gentle, loving. And most men are straight shooters when it comes to a conversation. They want to get from A to B quickly with limited words, and they don't need a lot of detail getting there. It's just the facts, ma'am. <laughs> One of the things that um I learned years ago is the yeah, but. So if we say yeah, but to our husband, it destroys his request, his decision, or his suggestion on something. In the That's bs workbook, I give an example of a scenario between a husband and a wife. So say they're going out of town and the husband says, I think we should stay at mom's when we get in town. And then the wife says, yeah, but where are the kids going to sleep? There's only one extra bedroom. Again, a YABA yeah, can destroy their suggestion. So instead, in that scenario, what if the wife said, Hey, that sounds great. Do you think your mom will be okay with the kids on the couch? And then the wife should pause and wait for his answer because the husband could already have had it figured out. Maybe he talked to his mom and maybe his mom came up with some great suggestions and, you know, that she said she wants to build a blanket fort with the kiddos or she bought an air mattress or she's, you know, going to give up her own bed and sleep on the couch. We never need to put stress on ourselves for the decisions that he makes. And there could be a thousand reasons why you don't think it's a good idea. But before you yab at him, ask yourself, is this decision going to be unsafe or illegal? And when I mean illegal, think back to Sapphira and Ananias in Acts 5. That gives you an idea of what the Bible, you know, considers an illegal act by the wife. But instead, no, sis, just let it go and say to the husband, that's a great idea. And then count it as one less decision that you need to make for an event. And of course, a wife has a voice. We have a voice in our marriage. But in certain situations, it's really look at your BS. And are you just trying to control every single maneuver for your family? Give some authority to your husband on the decisions. See, when our husband's requests or decisions or suggestions are repeatedly denied, it kills his masculinity. The yeah, but is saying, yeah, yes to his question, but, but I need to modify it. And this is telling him that you don't trust his decision. And he may wonder if you even heard him as your yabba came back quickly. And then he'll start to wonder, why am I even bothering? And he won't offer another suggestion. And when we threaten our husband's masculinity, when we continue to but them and it kills their masculinity, that over time turns into an equation of inwardness, isolation, and just separating himself from you. And so, you know what could happen? Our husbands could look elsewhere for approval. They could look at alcohol and drugs. See, when you, when you do alcohol or drugs, they don't talk back to you. And they just numb the misery of what the husband's feeling. The husband could look at another woman. And now I'm telling you, another woman would often take your husband right off your hands. Some women see that a married man is very attractive because if he can commit to her, then surely he could commit to me. And she's going to laugh at his stories and she's going to giggle and she's going to listen to everything that he has to say and she'll be attractive to him. And what about experiences? So if our husband turns to inwardness and isolation, maybe he could go to gambling because gambling could give a thrill of a right or wrong decision. And then there's always the internet, a www site where a woman looks very pleasant and very pleasing and does all kinds of things to make him air quote happy. Those women offer pleasure and then they can be shut off. You get the idea. Don't yab at your husband. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and guard and keep it. Genesis 2.15, Amplified Version. So it's in a man's DNA from God to naturally want to protect us and take care of us. They have it in them to be our providers. But when we're full of BS... It deters them from acting in their God-designed roles. And because God made them that way, husbands do not make decisions without feeling the weight of them. Mm -mm, He will not decide lightly. The responsibility of his family rests on him. And it's very serious to him. And just watch. See, if his decision is wrong, then he will feel the burden of it. You don't need to be the one to tell him daily it was a bad decision. So here's an example of something that happened for us. Years ago, Mr. wanted to buy a four-wheeler from a coworker and it only cost $1,000. Now I say only because sometimes it only could be like sarcasm where he can come home and say, it only a $1,000, Yet, you know, we don't have $1,000. Or I could say only because it was a good deal and you have the money in the bank. So in this case, we had the money in the bank, but I had no interest at all in that four-wheeler because in my mind, I was thinking about the additional expenses. So yeah, it only costs $1,000, but then there's also the additional expenses of insurance for it, for registration, to buy the protective gear, the helmet, the pads, and then we didn't even have a place to store the four-wheeler. So were we going to leave it outside with a cover over it? What if it got stolen? I had all the, the yeah, but questions in my mind ask him. Now, this example that I'm talking about, I was actually in before submission ways. I was full of BS about this four-wheeler. However, I tried something different this time. I didn't say anything about it, but I prayed on it. I prayed on it and I gave it to the Lord. I kept my mouth zipped. I didn't say anything to him. And I just sent a petition to God saying, if we're supposed to have this four-wheeler, Lord, please show me. If not, please stop the whole process. And the following week, (laughs) get this, Mr. comes home and he said, it blew up that weekend. The four-wheeler was being ridden by his uh, coworker. And as he did, the motor died on it. And I had to contain my excitement. I honestly did, and I just looked at him. I said, "Oh, that's too bad." <laughs> and in my mind, I'm thinking, "Go, God, go, God." And what was was surprising was Mister's response was it was an answered prayer. I was beginning to regret my decision. See, when these things come up, yes, you can have a voice in it. Just but just watch your attitude and watch your tone if you're voicing your opinion. And better yet. Take that petition to the Lord. Just pray on it and say, Lord, if this this is in your will, then I agree with it. But if not, Lord, you know our circumstances. Please stop this whole process. And this was a black and white example of what happened for us. And it can happen for you too. And please never use words that tear your husband down. Don't use phrases like, well, that's a stupid idea, or why would you think that? Or how about, he doesn't know what he's talking about when you're talking to another friend. Mm -mm. Show your husband respect and be enthusiastic with your love. You know, I take the male and female design by God very, very seriously. Man is made to work and guard and keep us And that is a very challenging description, physically, mentally, and emotionally. So they need our support, they need our edification, they need us to build them up in order to maintain those three requirements put on them. And I honestly prefer my model as his support system. I am so thankful that I am a woman and that God has told me to be his helper, his supporter, his teammate. And when I think of the burden God has put on our husbands for maintaining security, for maintaining provisions, and all the tasks for his family, it's humbling to me the simple submission role that he has placed on wives. We are our husbands help meet and it is a blessed design. Flip with me for a moment to Proverbs 31, the Proverbs 31 woman, the virtuous wife. Uh, Proverbs 31, specifically verses 11 and 12, read, The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. Don't you want your family to have gain? Don't you want your family to increase, to always be improving, to be more loving, to be more kind? Because when you're like that with each other, that is a ripple effect. That spreads out to other people at your work, in your community, your church family, You want your husband to have gain. And then verse 23 says, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Don't we want our husband to be known too? And don't we want our husband to be known as a godly man, a kind man, a man that is there to support others, to take care of others. And we can do that when we are out of our BS, when we're acting in our God-given role as his helper, his ally, his companion. It's then that our husbands can hear from the Holy Spirit and act in the ways that God has put on them. See, show your husband respect and see him rise to his God's given role. In Proverbs thirty-one twelve reads, She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. Sister, I'm begging you today, commit to that scripture all the days of your life. Do good for your husband and not evil. Being evil is selfish. Being evil is self-centered. Being evil is thinking only about you. No, you're designed to be your husband's helper. Remember, the two are joined and become one. And that little quote from the beginning when I said, I'll be your huckleberry. And it means to be just the right person for a given job. Sister, be the right person for the job of being your husband's helper. Like God says so. And in doing so, we will see our husbands rise up and gain in godliness and hearing from God and being the man of honor for our families. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Love, Honor, Obey podcast. I'm Carrie, and I am grateful for your time today. I pray this message has inspired you to edify your marriage. Please tell a friend about this LHO ministry. Share, subscribe to this podcast, and follow along on social media. Together, we can honor God's word by removing the BS on wives and showing others there is freedom in living as a godly wife.